Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina who is accused of murdering his son, Paul, and his wife, Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a myriad of alleged crimes, including fraud and homicide. In our last episode, we began our review of the defense cross-examination of SLED Senior Special Agent Jeff Croft. In this installment, we continue our look at Agent Croft's testimony. That's all coming up right after the break. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It is the morning of Tuesday, January 31st, 2023, the fifth day of the Alex Murdoch murder trial. We concluded our last episode with defense attorney Jim Griffin asking senior special agent Croft a series of questions about the weapons that Croft seized from the Murdoch property. Griffin's intention appears to be that none of these items had any connection to the murders of Maggie and Paul Murdoch. We begin today as Griffin moves on to another line of inquiry with Agent Croft. Now, on, on June 8th, you were briefed and it was, you were advised that Alec found his wife and son murdered. He was the one that discovered them, correct? Yes, sir. And on June 8th, you knew that he was Maggie's husband, Paul's father, immediate family, correct? Yes, sir. And as part of your long-time experience investigating crimes, murders, in particular, someone who finds the bodies and is related to the victims is always going to be looked at. Is that fair? Th- that would be a fair statement, sir. And y'all were looking at Alex on the 8th. Sled was, correct? We, yes, sir. And would you have a label? Was he person of interest or suspect on the 8th? We were looking at Alex being the one that found the deceased, uh, being the husband, the father. Uh, in an attempt to get Mr. Alec out of that immediate circle. And you've, you've described this investigative circle. So you draw a circle around potential persons of interest, and Alex was in that circle. Uh, we don't draw a circle around any individual person. Uh, we work with the crime scene, which, which, which is what we consider the circle, uh, and we work from our way inside out in order to find any potential suspects, identify suspects, clear individuals. So... We, we start with the, the small circle. So when you started with the small circle, although you don't draw it, I mean, it's a sort of investigative mental tool. Who was the person in the small circle? We had Miss Maggie was in the crime scene, Paul was in the crime scene, and Alec was in the crime scene. And you remember that on the morning of the 8th, there were media reports that Alec was a person of interest in the murder of his wife and son. Do you remember that being public knowledge? I try to avoid the media on in any investigation because I don't want to be influenced by anything that's said. What do you recall SLED putting out a press release on the morning of the 8th? That the public need not be alarmed. I do not recall any press release uh, being put out by SLED. Never. <clears throat> well, the point being, on the 8th, 
there was a circle, and it was only around Alec. He was the only living and breathing person in the circle. Is that correct? That is the only person that we could place in the circle at that time. And on the 8th, Sled knew that from what interviews with Alec, that he said he left Moselle at shortly after 9 p.m., went to visit his mother in Almeida, stayed for a while, and came back. Sled, and you were aware of that fact? I am aware of that, yes, sir. Did anybody at Sled ever, on the morning of the 8th, hightail it over to Almeida and search the house for any evidence whatsoever? I did not go to Almeida and search the house. Are you aware of anyone ever going to Almeida to search the house until sometime in September of 2021? There was a number of agents out working. I'm not sure what the other agents did. Wouldn't it have been a good idea to go to Almeida on the morning of the 8th, where the guy in the circle <clears throat> said he was, right? I did not go, and I can't testify to what other agents did. Well, you've been working this investigation. Are you the lead case agent? No, sir, I'm not. Who's the lead case agent? David Owen. Every interview that Alec Murdoch gave, you participated in, right? I did, sir. So were you working, you know, sort of, Agent Owen's right-hand man in this investigation? I was assigned by the captain to assist it, uh, Agent Owens. So it's fair that you knew daily developments as the investigation progressed, right? We had briefings with each other on the case. Yes, sir. And you knew that at no point in time, in, in June, July, August, anyone went over to Almeida, searched the house, searched the property for any dirty clothes or any murder weapons. I know that I did not go, and I'm not sure what the other agents in the investigative circle had done. Well, if you went over there, if you had gone over there on the morning of the 8th, scoured the place and not find anything, that would sort of help nudge Alec outside this investigative circle, would it not? I can't testify to what if, sir. I, I, I did not go. On the 8th, um, you were asked to point out who's that person. Who's that person? Who's that person? That's Ronnie Crosby. He's a lawyer. That's Mark Ball. He's a lawyer. That's uh, Lee Cope. He's a lawyer. You remember that testimony? I do, sir. Okay. Alec wasn't lawyering up on the 8th. Those were his friends who came over to help him, correct? They, they were giving counsel to Alec as far as what we were doing. They were making phone calls to his counsel. Uh, that was the instruction which, which we gave. We were given. And they were assisting you, as you saw on the, the body cam, go through the evidence that you ended up seizing in the gun room, right? They pointed out some items that they had concerns about. Did you find that their efforts were obstructing your investigation? They didn't obstruct our, our search within that gun room, no, sir. Now, you went back, I think, on June 13th, is that correct? Yes, sir, we did. And remind me, what was the purpose of the... <coughs> Search on June 13th? Uh, search on June 13th was uh, a follow-up search of the residence. I would have to see the search warrant, actual search warrant, to see what uh, items was being sought at that time. Are you testifying that you, you had to get a search warrant on the 13th? Search warrant or consent, I, I, I'm not sure. I don't know what exactly, everything that was being looked for at that time. Well, in fact, Alec Murdoch gave consent any time he was asked by SLED if they could go on the property, right? My understanding is consent was obtained each time. And so there was no search warrant on the 13th, was there, Agent Crow? I, I would have to see our, our legal grounds for being there, so whether it was consent or search warrant. I do not know. And you don't need a search warrant if there's consent? Uh, no, sir, you do not. And in this interview, in this search, you've seized Exhibit 151, which is 300 blackout letter. Is that right? 
It's a magazine with, with 300 blackout ammunition, yes, sir. And that was found where? Uh, collected from a black Ford F1, F-150. On the property, is that correct? That is correct, yes, sir. And I think, I think you testified it was found on the floorboard of the truck, is that right? I didn't testify to where it was found, no, sir. Okay, do you know where it was found? No, sir. Just a black Ford F-150. Did you find it? No, sir, I did not. Oh, it was just provided to you? Yes, sir. Okay. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Defense attorney Jim Griffin next moves on to ask senior special agent Croft about the videotaped interview reviewed with the witness by the prosecution on direct examination. Now, the jury heard this um, videotape interview of Alec on June 10th, where he told you that Paul left everything everywhere. Do you remember hearing that statement? I do remember that, yes, sir. And does this evidence support what Alec told you, that Paul left everything everywhere if you found a clip, 300 blackout? I can't testify to who had the, clip, the magazine in the F-150. Do you know who last drove that F-150? I do not, sir. Was any analysis done of that that clip? The way it's packaged there does not appear that there's been any analysis done. Were any fingerprints taken of that clip? Again, sir, the way it's packaged, it does not appear that there was any analysis done. And I, I think there was another <clears throat> clip that was seized from the shelf in the gun room. I don't have that pulled up, but I think it's 150, perhaps. You remember seizing another clip from the gun room? Yes, sir. There was another magazine with 300 blackout. Any fingerprints taken from the clip seized from the shelf of the gun ring? I don't think so, sir. Was there any analysis done of the clip taken from the shelf in the gun ring? The way I recall it being packaged yesterday, it would appear that there was no analysis performed. Yet you brought it to court. You want this jury to have it. Why is that? Good, right. Basis for the objection. I believe that's outside the scope of this witness's purpose here as to why it's being offered in court. Response to the objection. You're not asking his knowledge, not anything beyond his knowledge. He can say, I don't know, or if he has a reason. Overruled objection. Can you repeat the question, yeah. please, sir? Do, do you know why you were asked to bring those clips here to court, put them in evidence before this jury? I do not, sir. Now, you also did a uh, search of the shooting range. I don't have a date. Was that on the 13th or a different day? I'm not sure if it's the 13th or the 16th. 16th, I think you may be right. Either way, again, that was a consent search, right? You didn't have a search warrant for that. We did get consent for that, yes, sir. And the jury saw the video. We're not going to belabor that again. But, but there was a um, shooting house, if you will, with a chair and a, and a thing you would rest a gun on. And we saw you picking up a lot of um, shell casings, right? Yes, sir. And the shell casings you were picking up were the 300 blackout spent shell casings. Cartridges, right? That is correct, sir. <laughs> there was a lot of a lot of brass in there that were not 300 blackout cartridges. Right? There, there was additional brass that was not 300. Okay. Yes, sir. Now we didn't get a good look. If you're sitting in that chair in that shooting house, 
downrange. Do you remember what was on the other end, 100 yards or so away? I do not recall what's back on that on that end, no, sir. A uh, target of some sort. Are you aware there's a big dirt mound there? A, a berm, too. That's safe, right? You don't want to be shooting a rifle just going down the, you know, without something to stop it. So there's a berm there to stop it. It was right? going into a wooded area, yes, sir. That was a dirt burn. mound. That was a dirt mound. There was a target and a dirt mound behind it. That's correct. We saw you picking up grass. Who went down to the other end and started digging in that dirt, earthen dirt mound to find fire projectiles? I did not go down to the other end, no, sir. In fact, nobody at SLED went to that other end to dig out 300 blackout fire projectiles, did they? I did not, and I don't know what the other agents did, no, sir. Well, you're assisting Agent Owen. You're going to briefings. You didn't hear at any point in time while we um, we should have or we did dig out projectiles from the dirt mound. I never heard of anyone digging out brass from the dirt mound. If you had dug out projectiles from the dirt mound, that could have been sent to the ballistics lab at SLED and, and done a comparison to projectiles found at the crime scene, correct? There would be a lot of elements that would uh, go into whether it could actually be looked at or not. Or you could certainly compare it to what was, I mean, you take a 300 blackout, shoot it out of Buster's gun right there leaning next to you and compare it to the projectiles. That, you, you're aware that that could be done in SLED, right? That, yes, sir, I am. But it wasn't, was it? I'm not sure what testing was done on this particular rifle to compare it to anything at the scene. Again, Griffin returns to the June 10th interview with Alex Murdoch. Now, let's go to the June 10th interview. You and Agent Owens interviewed Alec in Agent Owens' uh, SUV, sled-issued vehicle, on June 10th, right? Yes, sir. And that was at Brother John Marvin's hunting lodge in Barnville or somewhere close by, right? Yes, sir. A lot of people were interviewed that day, right? There was a number of interviews going on at the same time, yes, sir. The interviews were consensual? Yes, sir. And you interviewed... Folks being interviewed that day not only included Alec, but they included John Marvin, his brother, his son Buster, and his other brother Randy. Is that correct? To my recollection, yes, sir. And when you pulled up on June the 10th, was it early afternoon, it seemed like? The timestamp should be on the video. I don't recall what time it was. But it was a little bit like the cavalry coming, wasn't it? Because there were a lot of cars that pulled up at one time, right? They were aware we were coming. They were, how many agents went? We took agents to interview each person that was there. You took two agents for each interview, right? I think there was two agents for each interview, yes, sir. And each agent came in their own car, right? I think I may have rode with Special Agent Owen. I'm, I'm not sure if we, each, if the others drove their own cars or not. Well, and so there's at least four, could have been more than that, cars, right? That was probably full cars, yes, sir. You can put each person... Randy, John Marvin, Buster, and Alec in a separate car all at one time. Pretty close to the same time, yes, sir. Each one got in a car with agents. And, and that's a law enforcement investigative technique so that you don't want witnesses to be comparing notes and you want to interview them in separate places at the same time and to get what's fresh on their mind without being learning what another witness has said, right? We wanted to interview them individually, yes, sir. And, and, and you said they knew that coming but did you alert anyone that we're all going to be coming and you know 
at least four cars and we're going to interview you separately at the same time? There was some other things going that was going to take place while we were conducting the interviews. So it was arranged that they would all be at that location and we were going to meet them there and uh, conduct the interviews. And you also had a guy there to do uh, the phone extraction. Yes, sir. Those are the other things I'm talking about. Now, that, that wasn't told to Alec or John Marvin or Buster or Randy before SLED rolled in on the 8th at, at John Marvin's hunting lodge, right? It's my understanding that they knew we were coming and that we were going to request the uh, phone phone analysis be done. You think someone with SLED would have told Alec ahead of time, told John Marvin ahead of time, that, that we're, we're going, when we get there, be sure not to erase anything off your phone because we're going to download it. I didn't set the meeting up. I went with uh, Agent Owen to uh, conduct the interview. And the first, one of the first things you did in the interview was you and Agent Owen was ask Alec if he would give over his phone so that it could be extracted, correct? That was one of the first things we asked for. And that extraction was, was done, you know, by a, another agent who came in a separate vehicle, I assume. Is that right? He's not an agent with the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, no, sir. He was an investigator with uh, 14th Circuit Solicitor's Office? That's my understanding of his job title, yes, sir. And that would be Investigator Hightower, is that who did that? That is my understanding, yes, sir. At the end of the interview, you got a buckle swab from Alec, right? I did, sir. And you got a buckle swab from, not you, but everybody who was interviewed gave buckle swabs, meaning John Marvin, Randy, Buster, and Alec. Correct. I know that Alec, we uh, secured a, a buckle from Alec. Uh, I'm pretty sure that there was one collected from Buster. I'm not sure about John Marvin and Randy. Griffin next zeroes in on what the defense appears to perceive as the most contentious issue in Senior Special Agent Croft's testimony. Now, yesterday we listened to the entire video interview with Alec and it ran for almost an hour, could have been longer, but you sat on the stand uh, and, and heard that, right? Yes, sir, I did. And at various points in time, you were asked, what did he just tell you? Did he just tell you this? Do you remember that? I do, sir. And then you get to one point in the interview where you're asked, what did he just say after you said it must be tormenting? And you testified that Alex said on the video captured by audio that it was so bad, I did him so bad. That's what you testified to yesterday. Yes, sir, that is what I testified to. Now, are you 100% confident that Alex said, I did him so bad, rather than they did him so bad? I am 100% confident in what I heard and I interpreted him as saying. But you would agree that this jury can hear the same thing you heard on June the 10th by, by playing what was captured on the body cam or the, or the recording equipment in Agent Owen's car, right? Yes, sir. Now, when you heard what you said, you're confident what you heard, that he said, I did him so bad, what did you do in response to that? I made a mental note of, on it, uh, of it. Again, we were still in the early stages of investigation. It was more of an information gathering from Mr. Allen, and we did not have information at that point, to my opinion, to challenge Mr. Allen on any of his statements. So Alec Murdoch was the one and only in this circle on June the 10th. You're in the car with him, and according to your testimony, he says, I did him so bad. That is what I understood him to say, yes, sir. And yet, you just said you took a mental note of it. Yes, sir, I did. I mean, if the guy in the middle of the circle, the only one in the circle, says, I did him so bad, isn't that a significant statement if he actually said that? It's definitely something we would follow up with. You never followed up with it, did you? 
There was a third interview conducted with Mr. Alex. There was a third interview. There was a third interview conducted on August the 11th, 2021, right? I don't recall the exact date. We hear about it, but you were there, right? Yes, sir, I was. Tell the jury if you ask Alec Murdoch on August 11th, 2021, what did you mean back on June 10th when you said, I did him so bad? We didn't make it to that point, sir. In fact, back on June 10th, after you had this, what, what you heard him say, I did him so bad, you went on to talk about funeral arrangements, whether they're going to be public or private. Isn't that right? There was questions concerning funeral arrangements, yes, sir. And Agent Owen says, well, it said he's trying to make arrangements so it wouldn't be, you know, a lot of media there or any media there. And, you know, the guy who just said, I did him so bad, I mean, the response to that was, they don't deserve to be there. You recall that? Repeat that again, sir. Do you recall Agent Owen saying in your presence to Alec, the media did not deserve to be at Maggie and Paul's funeral? I do recall Agent Owen saying something about the media not being there. Yes, sir. And that was after, according to you, he said... I did him so bad. Yes, sir. And did you consider that to be some sort of confession on June the 10th? Again, I, it was something that we were definitely going to follow up on. Yes, sir. Getting ready for your testimony yesterday, did you review a transcript that was prepared by SLED of that interview of June 10th with Alec? No, sir. I have never seen a transcript that was prepared for that. Are you aware the transcript was prepared at SLED? No, sir. I am not. Are you hearing that the first time? Yes, sir. I am. Well, let me ask you back on June 10th, why, why didn't you ask him right then and there when he said, I did him so bad, why didn't you ask him, what, what do you mean by that, Ella? Again, it was early in the investigation. Uh, it was more of an information-gathering interview, if you would call it an interview, with Mr. Allen, and we did not, at that particular time in the investigation, we did not have evidence to challenge anything that Mr. Allen would have told us. It was decided that we would not uh, cross that at that time. I mean, I'm not... My question wasn't, why didn't you challenge him? My question is, why didn't you ask for clarification? Like, what are you talking about, you did him so bad? Asking for clarification of I did him so bad would ultimately be a challenge of what he said. So what were the things going through your mind when you heard or misheard I did him so bad? I mean, like, I wasn't a good dad, I, I spoiled him, or I killed him. I mean, what was going through your mental note? There was a mental note that it was definitely something that we needed to follow up on. And, and ask at a later time. Now, from the video, it, it appears you're back there taking some notes. Yes, sir. Did you take notes? I, I was writing specific okay. stuff. Now, you down. mentioned you made a mental note. <clears throat> this what you heard or misheard. I did him so bad. But did you make a written note of him saying that? I don't recall if I wrote it or not, sir. So it's possible that you're sitting there with a guy who's now been charged with murder on June 10th in the interview. The father, the only one in the circle, and he says, I did him so bad. And can't tell the jury you even wrote it down on a piece of paper. I don't recall if I actually made a physical note of it or not, sir. I'm going to play that clip from State's Exhibit 243, which is in evidence. I want you to listen again with the jury. Hang, hang on, Yonder. All right, let's let's play it. Please, Doug. Exhibit uh, 243 in evidence. It's just so bad. It's just so bad. All right, back it up and play it in real time again, Doug. Real time. Are not not easy. I know it's hard, and sitting here talking today is is tough. It's just so bad. It's so bad. Did you hear now? They or I? I will still testify that my hearing. I hear I. Your Honor, we'd like to play it again at one third speed to slow it down. Just the same. Thank you. Your Honor, we just playing it at one third speed. Good 
foundation laid for who's manipulating it, how it's being manipulated. I think uh, obviously we have it in real time, but there would have to be some additional foundation. One third speed. Hear they then? No, sir, I did not. Nope. You would agree the jury gets to decide what he what he said on that tape. That's the best evidence. The I agree that they get to hear the tape and make their own mind up as to what he said. Yes, sir. Thank you. That's all I have on it. With Jim Griffin having finished his review of the June 10th Alex Murdoch interview with Senior Special Agent Croft, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Alex Murdoch. Please join our next installment as we conclude our review of Griffin's Cross, as well as the rest of the testimony of Agent Croft. Also, check out the Crime Story Podcast Night Raid, wherever you get your podcasts. And, if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie and Tholis. It was co-produced and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.